Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wildcard! Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. It's Wednesday, August 5th. I'm your host, Jason Moser. Today, on our Wildcard Wednesday episode, we're chatting with the founder and CEO of LivePerson, Mr. Rob Lacasio. LivePerson makes life easier for people and brands everywhere through its trusted conversational AI. Over 18,000 customers use its conversational solutions to create a conversational relationship with their millions of consumers. In fact, LivePerson was named a Fast Company's World's Most Innovative Companies list in 2020. Rob has been the CEO of the company since its founding in 1995 and joins us this week to talk more about LivePerson's business during the pandemic, how its conversational cloud platform is changing the consumer experience, and much more. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Rob, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Uh, It's been a little while since we last spoke. I think it was about a year and a half ago we spoke on this show. And at the time, it was neat to see live person, you know, your business was starting to really gain some traction in the face of this digital uh, economy that's been forming. Um, And and I think now we're really really seeing the benefits of, of what businesses like yours can do to help us as consumers do business a little bit differently to help your customers who are all of those businesses out there that we interact with every day, helping them do business differently. Um, before we get to that, I, I want to just get to, to, you know, hey, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. The market is giving you guys some love today. You just turned in a really nice quarter, 29% revenue growth from the, from the previous year, uh, raising your 2020 revenue outlook, profit outlook. I mean, things seem to be going very well. You should be in a pretty good mood, right? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we had after you know twenty years being public, it was our one of our best quarters, if not the best quarter, in the history of the company. So I think it's a testament to a strategy we put in place uh, a few years ago and exe- and have been executing on. And COVID definitely accelerated, um, you know, our go to markets, and it showed up in our numbers this quarter. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely did. And, and we're going to dig into that a little bit, but before we do. Could you help our listeners just understand, for, the, for those who don't know, uh, what, what exactly Live Person does? I mean, it, it's, it's technology that's really helping us converse with all of these businesses, right? I mean, it, it's taking things maybe out of the call center and really utilizing the technology that's out there today to help brands manage interactions with, with their customers. Yeah, you know, I, I, I originally, uh, over 20 years ago, invented uh, chatting on the web. So if you've see chatting on the web, I invented this technology. So I've always had this perspective around the idea of conversations powering commerce. And I never saw the internet and e-commerce as a automat where you show up and there's pictures and text and you put your credit card in and you go. I always felt that there are many times you have to ask questions, especially with more complex transactions. And so fast forward about four years ago, we launched a totally new platform um, which was really focused around not chat, but really around what consumers do every day, 80% on their devices, which is messaging. So you're messaging your friends and family on WhatsApp, on, on iMessage. And we basically had this perspective that uh, that consumer experience that you do with your friends and family can be done with businesses. So we launched one of the first platforms in this area. 
and uh, and then we worked with like Apple and Facebook with their front end messaging, uh, you know, applications, and we tied all that together. So now you can message brands like T-Mobile and Delta Airlines and Chipotle if you want to order a, a burrito. Now you can <laughs> you can actually create the burrito on your mobile device messaging to Pepper. There's this, this bot called Pepper, and oh wow, and and uh, it's pretty cool. And, and we're we're doing stuff like that. So we're doing. Uh, we're doing north of uh, 70 million conversations a month happen on our platform between our our thousands of brands and uh, their millions of consumers. Yeah, and, and you know, you talk about helping out big brands like Chipotle, and we'll get to that in, in a minute, but I think it's really interesting, the dynamic, when we hear about how your technology is interfacing and working with other technologies like Facebook Messenger, like Apple's messaging technology. Okay. I mean, you built something that really... I, 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 it, it seems to me at least maybe that consumers might not necessarily know, in fact, yeah. they're working with live person because that might not be the brand that they see, but really you are the technology that's helping all of this stuff come together and work. I mean, that, that to me is what I find so fascinating about the business. And, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit of a, a catalyst and, you know, I, you know, I mean, this what this ultimately is, this pandemic has been a catalyst yeah. for a lot of businesses. Um, Talk a little bit about that. I mean, talk talk a little bit about the the opportunity to work with all of these big names, Apple, Facebook, and in, in, in the like, in in how those relationships, along with this period of time right now, this pandemic, how how that's accelerating your business. What do you what do you see coming down the pike here? Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, with those um, those front ends that we use with our friends and family, they're they're not really usable with businesses if, if they, there's no platform like ours. You, you can't message in a, you know, a Delta Airlines to an individual person there. It, it needs to go through a platform that enables the brand to handle you know, tens of thousands of messages a day or maybe millions a month. And they, they come to a platform and then those messages, those questions that you have as a consumer get routed to either a live agent or an automation. Uh, and now more more times than none, it's going towards automation. But we provide all the plumbing and all the platform uh, that enables the brands to scale the conversational commerce and and care experiences. Um, And and that's what we really do there. So the interesting thing is I've always been against voice calls. Like I can't stand (laughs) 1-800 number. I I just, I, I can't even tell you, like it drives me nuts my bank right now, which is Chase, for five months has been over an hour wait to do anything with them. I can and, imagine. And sometimes they force you to call them and they're like, we can't, we can't handle your call. Because now what's happened is they've shut down the contact centers, just not them, but all the contact centers got shut down because of the social distancing. The agents were sent home. And a lot of these agents can't take voice calls in their home. Yeah. So what ha- that's what you're experiencing right now is busy signals and don't call us. And, and so I believe all of that should just be replaced by your message, a question, and you get an automation that says, I can help you. And that, that's really, that's the present future of the way a customer experience will be with brands. Yeah. And I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think um, certainly us, we see the merits in that. I think that younger generations coming up, are, are looking at doing, you know, customer service interactions through voice 
interaction on the phone as so antiquated as like, why would I bother doing that? I mean, we live in an on-demand future now and, and really what your technology with all of these, all of these platforms enables is that on-demand customer service, right? You get your question out there and if it's an automated assistant, that's great. And if it, if it needs to go to the next level, it can go to the next level, but you're not sitting there hanging for an hour for them to just say, oh, you know what? It turns out we can't really help you. Leave us a message and we'll call you back when we have someone available. Yeah, and the, the coolest part is that when we went live, and this is about three, a little over three years ago, with T-Mobile was our first customer, and they really, they're very customer care focused. And they said, you know, we, we had a vision too, like we did, about why can't a consumer message on their time? You know, they message in, and then, like, they go about their day, and they're not sitting there tied to a phone on hold. And when we launched, I remember when we, we launched that first day, it was amazing that, you know, consumers were just so happy that they could message in and multitask. That's all we're asking for. We want to multitask and do things. And then we get a respond back, a response back. I, I, the funniest thing that happened within the first week was one of the agents who was on messaging messaged to the consumer and said, I've got to go on a lunch break. Do you mind if I get back to you in like an hour? And the consumer was like, enjoy your lunch break. <laughs> and, and I remember we read the transcript, like, are you kidding me? Because the consumer's perspective was, they weren't going to lose you. They were, they were, you were in the device. So you're literally using the messaging platform. You're connected, you know, like you are your friends and family. They don't disappear like a voice call or chat. You don't have to call back. They were right there. So the person went to lunch, came right back with the message. Hey, I, I, I figured out your problem. The person was like, no, great. Enjoy your day. So we know now that most questions are not in this stressful real-time mode. Voice makes everything stressful in real-time because if you don't get the question answered, you know you're going to have to call back. But in messaging, like things just happen. Customer satisfaction, consumers love it. So this is what's really changing the game. I love that. I mean, the consumer satisfaction, the customer satisfaction, and I, I guess maybe that boils down to honesty and certainty, right? I mean, someone saying, hey, I've got to go on my lunch break. Can I, can I get right back to you? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you're being honest with me. Everybody's got to eat lunch. I appreciate you letting me know that. And I know you're not going to disappear off the radar. Enjoy your lunch. You get back to me when you can. And, and while I'm waiting, I can, I can do other stuff. I, yeah, the multitasking dynamic, I, I do that all the time personally. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that to me, it feels like one of the keys to the success of of your business, frankly, and giving the customer more freedom. We spoke a little bit earlier about different concepts that are using your technology benefiting, whether it's airlines or banks or restaurants. Um, can you talk a little bit, just what, what consumer categories are you finding the most traction right now? You know, the, the categories, it's very interesting. Retail right now is obviously going through a massive transformation. Yeah. And most of it looks really bad. So it looks like, you know, there's a lot of bankruptcies. Every week there's a bankruptcy of a big, big one. But, you know, there's a lot of retailers that are rethinking the business in this, I'll call it contactless commerce perspective, which is, does a person really have to walk in a store and I have to be face-to-face -face with them? How do we power a different consumer experience? So, you know, we, um, I gave you the Chipotle example where now you can, through Facebook Messenger, you can uh, basically build your own burrito. And then when you show up, at the store, they just hand it to you. You don't have to come in. And so we're also doing this with like, we're working with other, one of the big home improvement uh, companies in the US. And we've tested a store over the last four months with virtualized agents. So when you walk in the store now, 
next to every product, there's a QR code. You pull out your phone, uh, you know, you do this, put the photo on, it all launches uh, iMessage or SMS, and then you're messaging with a human who's not in the store, or you're messaging with an automation. And like in that case, we've got this thing called Grillmaster. It's a, it's a bot that's been built, and you you converse with Grillmaster, and Grillmaster asks you like, do you like to cook steaks or fish? And depending on that, it'll tell you what type of grill you should buy, and it's fully automated. And and you're able to to get in and 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 ask questions, and and then leave. And so, this is really I think the way commerce will go is not this idea that you've got to find someone in the store and ask questions and it's just not going to work. So that that's where we're seeing a big, big uh, shift right now in the use of our platform. Yeah, you know what it, it makes me think of, and and I was um, talking with someone earlier about this. You've seen the advent of telemedicine, and and um, you know that that's gaining a lot of traction in in the the market right now, given given the pandemic. And the argument there with telemedicine was always that it's not meant to replace healthcare. It's essentially just a better first step, right? It's the front door to getting into your healthcare transaction, whatever that may ultimately be. And it seems like what you just described there, you're really building what seems like the more sensible front door to initiate your transaction, whatever it may be. And in retail, that could certainly be a big, um, a big shift for sure. Yeah, and we're, and we're also seeing like we, we're seeing a lot of action right now in the healthcare space. Another area that you know has a, a fair amount of conversations happen in it every year. By the way, there's about 57 billion conversations that happen every year uh, around the world on in contact centers. It's just extraordinary. Wow. It's it's 1.2 trillion dollars is spent on voice calls to contact centers globally. So when you think of that, that says consumers need to speak to someone, whether it's healthcare or retail. And they've got it, especially healthcare. They've got a bunch of questions they want to ask. And uh, right now, you know, they don't want to. I mean, the only reason there's humans in the process. And by the way, you know, the company's name is Live Person, and I work with agents, contact center agents, my whole life. Sure. And I have, I admire them. So this is nothing. Not a technology <laughs> coming in like recently, and I'm like, hey, we got to get rid of people. But the only reason that people exist in these roles is because the back end systems need manual processing. You can have a conversation with an automation today that would answer and ask the same questions that a human would. It just, they just need access to backends. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times those legacy systems, they're so bad that there needs to be a human accessing because there's no way to, for a machine to access them. So what we're seeing is with COVID is, it's just amazing, like a big telcos and banks and insurance companies are all like, Boy, this crisis and the, the ability, and now that we have agents working at home and that's not working out too great, we got to open up our back ends. We've got to now get machines connecting to those back ends. And then we've got to create conversational experiences so that the consumers can have a very frictionless way to get things done with brands. So that, that's what's really shifted. Right now, we went from like 50% of our conversations had some automation in them pre COVID. And now we're up to over 70%. And our large enterprise, it's 100% of those customers in the enterprise, the largest brands have automation in the conversations. So it's yeah. a massive shift. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about the conversational cloud platform. Um, it, but before I do, I, I wanted to go back to the last time we spoke because I remembered um, when we spoke last year, 
you were telling me about how your cloud server, you, you actually went through, um, you know, a lot of companies will see they depend on cloud server, right? Maybe they get their services from Amazon or their yeah. Microsoft or Google or whatever. But, but you actually, for your business, you built your own cloud infrastructure, yes. right? And, and that ultimately, I mean, that you're less dependent on those big providers. It gives you more control, more security, which I think particularly in today's day and age, I mean, security alone is, is going to be uh, a massive driver. But, but I mean, just giving you the call, is that still the case? Is that still the, the strategy is to continue out with your your own, uh, yeah, so so we we do maintain our globally. We have uh, facilities in clouds in Asia, Europe, and the United States and uh, North America, and we've done that because the largest banks, insurance companies, they need their data secured in a way. And this is conversational data, which then usually has transactional data connected to it, yeah. account data. So the public clouds have not been able to um, give us the security we need. With that said. Um, because of the demand in our business, we went up 40% in usage between March and April. It's totally and, unbelievable. Oh, that's right. And it was just this, <laughs> this rush to the door, you know, to get on our platform because the voice agents were shut down. And then a bunch of automations have been built on top of that right now. And that continues. The volume keeps, keeps increasing each week. We need the flexibility of public cloud. So we're, we are going to add... Uh, part public cloud into our cloud services and and we will do special things with that to make sure it's secure but we need the flexibility to ramp up our um with demand because we're seeing demand in in very what we could say unnatural ways and they continue to happen and i don't know when they're going to stop and we need to support our customers yeah i mean that's you know we call that one of those nice problems to have it's a nice problem yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well so i mean go leading leading then into the conversational cloud platform i mean how do you see the conversational cloud platform disrupting the consumer experience in the coming years i mean what are some of the plans the visions that you have yeah so you know i so if i i always like to say start with the intent like uh, i'll start with my end goal I fundamentally believe that we will be speaking to machines like the movie Her. Oh, and yeah, I saw that. If you, right. So, you know, we all we saw that movie seven years ago. It was like really interesting, you know, Joaquin Phoenix talking to Scarlett Johansson's voice. Yeah. And then he falls in love with this, this machine. <laughs> and you're all like, that's kind of weird and interesting. But the reality is that's where it's all going to go. So the conversational commerce space is all about talking to machines we have Alexa right now in the world. You have Facebook with Facebook Messenger now, and they have the business aspect. You have iMessage with businesses can be there. Everyone's thrown their hat in the ring around the idea of conversational commerce. And I would say Amazon and Alexa is the greatest leader in this today. The problem is like most big brands don't want to be on Amazon Alexa because they're competing with Amazon or they think one day I'm going to compete with Amazon. Yeah. We're, we're building the platform and that's the conversational cloud. This is a new, a new platform for us, which took all of our AI services plus a bunch of new ones we built. And it gives the power of like an Alexa to every brand in the world. So everyone, everyone can create their own Alexa with, with technology that we're not going to compete with our brands. And, and so uh, we've been working on this for many years, uh, some of the components, and then we have some that are very new. But during COVID, we had a lot of our customers sort of testing it. And, and we brought together all those AI services, which is about looking at the intents of the consumer, how do you build automated conversations, and then how do you connect those automated conversations to back-end systems. And that's what's in the conversational cloud. 
And that's, that's something that I think is the future of, of our business. It, AI is our business. It is what will make us uh, continue to have these great quarters. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's really exciting because, I mean, ultimately it sounds like what you're saying is you're forming more or less that, that white label technology that brands can then take and make their own to whatever extent. And you, you continue to, to offer the support all along the way. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we've taken a different approach and first of all, I think conversational commerce will be highly disruptive to big tech. And so if everyone's wondering, at least this is my perspective, if everyone's wondering how big, big tech gets disrupted, because today there's a perspective that they're just going to be big forever and they're going to dominate and they're going to buy companies and then put people, you know, compete and do what they do. But the thing is this massive shift, nobody owns. And even Apple with, with their devices, being one of the largest, if not the largest market cap company in the world, now they're closing in on two trillion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one could ever think there's a two trillion dollar business in the world, but it's amazing. Th- it's amazing, right? But I was, I was, I was talking. I was on another interview about this, and I was talking to the person. I was saying, what could disrupt Apple is one day I'll just talk to something. I'll have an earbud, and I'll talk to it. Now they have earbuds, and they've got Siri, which Siri's not that great, but and I'll just talk to a machine. I don't need to have a a, a a phone that I download apps to. I yeah. should be able to say like, hey, um, I'd like to get an Uber. And an Uber shows up. And I'd like to get tickets to a movie tonight. Great. I'd like to order uh, a, a flight to you know, uh, Rome. Great. These are things that are possible today. And we're, we're building these in, in a messaging format, not voice yet. But, but I can see a world that, that radically shifts from devices, mobile devices, and to um, spoken, you know, device, I'll uh, call them IoT devices, but, you know, you're speaking to something that's in your ear, and, you do, and then you're giving intents, and you're, it's helping you with your life, like her. And, yeah. and that, that's going to become a reality. And I, I want our company to be the company powering her, the real her, not yeah. the her from the movie. No, I mean, I, I can definitely see that happen. I mean, you see companies out there today that are focusing on, um, you know, you, you, you mentioned obviously the, the IoT, all of the different connections in the world. We see 5G rolling out. 5G, yeah, of course. Yes. So many devices that are going to be connected here in the coming decade. Um, you know, one of the places I always just keep my eye on is inside the automobile, simply because inside the automobile, that's where voice really shines, right? I mean, you don't want to be yeah. typing something or looking at something. I mean, voice really shines in the automobile. Um, but, but yeah, just, just, I, I think that's really fascinating. And I'm, and I'm glad you said that, uh, Siri wasn't all that great. I'm an Apple guy. I love my iPhone, but I, I never use Siri. I just don't find it all that helpful it, it, really. Yeah. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the thing that, that we know doesn't make that helpful. And even Alexa, Alexa's more command based. It's, it's play music, Much, it does yeah, commands. but it, it, a conversational, it's called a turn, like turning the conversation, which is a back and forth turn is very hard to do. And the reason we're able to do it is we have a billion conversations in storage. So in, dig, in the world of digital and tech, data is your moat. Data gives you your competitive advantage. Our competitive advantage is, is we have a billion conversations in storage from all these large brands in the world. Wow. All use cases you can think about, booking a flight to paying your bill at a telco to your insurance to whatever. And we have that data. Then we generate another 70 million or so, uh, actually we generated 100 million uh, last, last quarter, a month of this data. So 
when you look at that level of data, we can build machines that converse because we have the data set of how a human asks a machine to do things. And we can replicate that with a very large data set. That's why we're kind of in a pole position to take a shot at leading this conversational commerce revolution versus even Amazon, which has its own data set and it's mostly command-based uh, or Siri. Yeah, I mean, the command-based. I'm glad you made that 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 uh, that difference there. You noted the difference there between command-based and conversational because, I mean, we have some of those Amazon Echoes in our house. And it, yeah. it, it does seem like once you go beyond, like, what's the weather or play this song, then it starts, it, it's, just, it's not fluid, it's not intuitive, it's not always on... Um, but having those conversations, I mean, that's great that you put it that way. Your competitive advantage is that library of that data, those conversations yeah. that must help in that AI determining intent and intuiting what follow-up questions to ask. I mean, that, that's, that's really exciting to see. Um, now, AI, obviously something that is playing a big role in many businesses out there today. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about another um, technology starting to gain a little bit more traction here and you know i saw this headline back at the end of last year yes. you know, i've enjoyed following your company it's it's to me it's a fascinating one and and uh when i saw this relationship with next tech ar yes that's when i thought okay man this is exciting for me personally yeah, because one of the services i run here at work is a service based on investing in augmented reality and immersive technology and virtual reality things like that and when i saw that you guys were partnering up with next tech ar to bring augmented reality into the experience i thought well boom there's my end now i can get live person on my watch list at least for this service and once i found out that we were going to be able to speak I had to at least bring this up. See if you could talk to me a little bit about the benefits here. What what excites you about this this potential with augmented reality, and how you feel like that might even be able to take this this conversational commerce to the next level? I mean, tell me a little bit about this relationship. Yeah, so I, the, the, it's really important because, especially now with the the what's happening with retail, your ability to really be able to understand the the, the products you're buying, you know, whether it's a shoe or whatever you're buying. We, we did a whole thing with Tomorrow Melon using this technology, and that's a, a luxury shoe brand. But it's like a couple hundred dollars per shoe, like $900 you spend online to buy a shoe. You may never try it on, but you can use augmented reality to really look at how would that shoe look with this dress? How, what we look at it from different dimensions and, and three dimensions. So this, I think, is more important than ever uh, when it comes to what's happening with retail. Retail cannot rely on the physical, um, you know, interaction with goods. And even if we go back to stores, I think even retailers that thought people wouldn't buy if they couldn't come to store, seeing that people are buying, if 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 they're able to converse about a product and then they can also experience the product in in a certain way. And I think AR, you know, has more importance now than ever. In, in, in the retail world. It was kind of gimmicky, I think, because people are like, oh, people are gonna come in and try it or we'll ship the shoes over and they can always send it back or, or whatever product is. But I think AR has a, has a different place. I've seen, obviously, um, some of the home improvement uh, companies we work with are using it for oh, yeah. DIY. We, I see it being done very well there. Um, so that there's, there's also stuff around a lot in the real estate area. So, it's being used, I think, in many different ways, especially with what's happening with COVID. You just can't connect on a physical level with people. 
and you don't want to. So this is a way for you to experience those products or services. And do you feel you like know, immersive tech? Do you feel like that immersive technology is going to have a role in your world in your business going forward? I mean, is that something where you hope to see more relationships build, build as time goes on? Uh, absolutely, because I, I go back to it. I there, there's two technologies that I think are really going to drive massive change in retail. One is streaming video. If you look in China now, um, streaming video shopping is like the rage. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's amazing that there'll be an influencer. They have, they have like an influencer who's, let's say she's in her room and has like a thousand dresses and tries them on while people are messaging them in real time and saying like, can you try that dress and put that hat on? Do you and, and it's amazing. People are buying this way, seeing an influencer actually try on clothing and talk about the clothing and it's all streaming video. So yeah. I think this is really big. And then the other part of it is also augmented reality. And how do you bring those products then into a spatial dynamic with the consumer that then they can feel like they've, they're trying it on or they can see it in their home or they can have interaction with it. So I, I just think these are, these are technologies that are going to, I mean, streaming video is not a new technology, but the use in retail is, especially you can't go into a store. You still want to see someone try something on or you want to think you're trying it on. Yeah. So AR, but also streaming video, I think are the two parts we can deliver this experience with. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to me how much progress has been made in such a short time in this, in this consumer months, experience. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's really exciting to see. I was really excited to see the results you guys turned in this quarter. I mean, the market obviously um, receiving the news well. Stock, I mean, she stocks up uh, better than 20% now today. And, and it's, no accident based on, on those numbers you chalked up there. And, and it sounds like based on what you're doing um, that, that there may be plenty of, of, of uh, road ahead for you. So I was really excited to have the chance to, to catch back up with you today. I was really excited to be able to ask you directly about the next tech AR yeah. um, deal, because now I can tell you officially live person is on my watch list in our right. AR and beyond service. And, and uh, you know, based on everything I'm seeing, you know, I, I could see that being a part of our universe, uh, you know, in, in short order, but, but um, regardless, congratulations on the success, Rob. Thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. Um, best luck to you and everything that you're doing. And I hope we get to catch up again soon. Same here, Jason. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at MF Industry Focus or drop us an email at industryfocus at fool.com. Let us know what you thought of this interview there. Big thanks to Mr. Rob Lacasio again for coming and joining us this week. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. A big thanks to Tim Sparks for all his work behind the glass. I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.